I am Steph Reed. I am the director of the Flat River Community Library. Cassie Vargo, I'm the marketing and outreach librarian. This is Steve Schofield. I am an adjunct professor at the MCC, and I am the co-coordinator of an event called TechFest. Welcome to the Flat River Front Porch. Okay, we are sitting down this morning on this very gloomy, gross, wet January in Michigan morning with a staff member again. After I had Amanda on, I have to keep saying, we're talking to staff members and not an extra person again, but... Um, not that she isn't part I mean, of our beautiful team. I mean, she's kind of like a, an honorary staff yeah, member. she is. She's, she's, she's got her staff member merit ma- merit badge that she's worked very hard for. She got her little ghost when we did the ghost yeah. scavenger hunt. And so. she frequently eats our food in the staff room. I mean, I'm not going to eat it, so that's all right. There are others of us who, who have a cross-section of foods we can eat, though. <laughs> yes, that's fair. that's fair. I am Steph Reed. I am the director of the Flat River Community Library, and the staff member I'm with today is... I'm Cassie Vargo. I'm the marketing and outreach librarian. Okay. Pretty soon, hopefully our regular listeners won't have to give your job title each time because they'll just be like, it's Cassie. That's obviously Cassie. I mean, fingers crossed, you know. Yeah. I... First, first person to do it twice, though. That That's true. It's yeah. kind of like a little honor here. Like... And I appreciate that you are returning, too, because... You didn't seem that anxious about it, but there definitely have been several staff members or even interviewees that were like, I don't know about this. I feel like part of it is I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And so this just feels very natural to me because like usually fair, yeah. listening to a podcast, it's like I'm just listening to my friends talk about right, ghosts yeah. and murders. And, and so here we're just talking about libraries. And right. you know, so it, it feels natural because I am a podcast person in general. So. Although I think it also brings out people's insecurities, too. <laughs> Even if you're a podcast person, for some people, they're like, am I fun enough for a podcast? It's one thing to have a conversation with people, but to have that recorded and listened to by other people, it can bring out people's, like, I don't know, feelings. Yeah. I put myself out there for TikTok anyway. So at that this point, fair. I just, it's not that I don't care. I'm already out here anyway. So here we go. Let's do a podcast. No one has said afterwards, like, oh gosh, that was just as bad as I thought it was going to be. Please worst. don't, please don't make me do this again. Although in all fairness, I've not asked Josie to do it yet. So that might change. But everybody has said, oh, that was easier than I thought. Yeah. It's, it's like, literally just a conversation yeah. with you. And that's, you know, it's not like we don't do that on a daily basis anyway. Yep. So I'm not scary at all. You are scary in the way that you should be scary. Okay. I'll, t- the, I'll accept that. In that you are the authority figure I don't think here. I'm podcast scary. No, I don't think so. No. Not in this podcast anyway. I'm sure it would be possible to envision a different creative path that would not be as, we're sitting on the front porch and we're in rocking chairs and we're drinking iced tea. Although I don't really like iced tea. But, and the but that's chairs the- do not rock. Just, yeah. These don't. No. Um, it's not actually ideal for recording because the microphone wouldn't be able to keep up with you. No, you, you would be fading coming in and out. So right. That would, not, that would not be helpful. But if you, as the person listening, would like to rock, then do or wash your dishes or yeah, whatever maybe, brings you, whatever sparks joy. Maybe you could crochet something like a nice little furkle like we're making in uh, our shameless plug. shameless plug for programming. <laughs> we almost, we almost hit the harmony there. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. 
So yeah, as long as we're shameless plugging, we have had a lot of fun this week with, uh, d- did you find this display someplace or was this just a Let's, um, I think uh, actually Kara suggested it. She's, okay. Um, because we, we put things into the lost and found on a daily basis and the, the amount of weird things that we find or like the the little the loved like stuffies that uh-huh. you can tell have just been dragged around for years and you're like yeah. no somebody lost their their friend yeah. um so no so we were like yeah we should do a display on all of the lost things uh-huh. that are in our lost and found so that is what i did i took our lost and found uh with gloves and um made a library of lost things in the front display case in the hopes that some of the, you know, lost stuffies or shoes or water bottles uh, would be claimed by their owners and reunited. So, And of course, the caveat here is that um, it is not a library in the sense that you can take these things home if you are not its original owner. Correct. So we are not doing anything weird along those lines but it's in the sense that it's that service of reunion Mm -hmm. it's it's bringing people back to their loved objects yeah yeah. so i i really love that the that the actual stuffies themselves the toys are the first things that are being reunited Mm -hmm. yeah um because that really is the most heartbreaking yeah i the one that that always gets me are the so we, we find a lot of things tucked into books, mm-hmm. and yeah. the ones that get me are, like, the pictures of kids or, like, yeah. you know, the there's a shocking amount of photo booth uh, oh, photos. Probably, is it because they're just that, like, yeah, that vertical that format? perfect bookmark size, and so people use them as bookmarks, mm-hmm. and when we're checking things in at circulation... You know, we we check to make sure there's nothing in the book, that there's no stains, it hasn't been damaged, and inevitably things fall out of said books. Veronica has actually been keeping things the entire time that she Mm. has worked here. I never thought I would see multiple coasters used as bookmarks. but they're ever so slightly too big, but not so much so that it's not usable. There's like a marble coaster in there that's a solid, almost half inch how, thick. How did they not see that when it was going no through? No idea. I have no idea. Because that'll mess with the binding. Oh yeah, no, too. that would that would break okay. a book. But so anyway, we have been collecting uh, orphaned bookmarks at circulation since uh-huh. I started working here, um, and obviously Veronica has been too. So. Um, we just kind of sifted through everything and found the things that are personal that we think people might want back. Um, we do still have a, a massive amount of like bookmarks. Uh-huh. Um, and I will slowly be putting things into the display case as other things drop out and uh-huh. get reunited with their owners. But yeah, so it's been a it's been a fun little exercise in um, reuniting people with their things and also having a fun interactive display that, you know, has been picked up on social media and in a weird way. Um, <laughs> so you never know. You never know. It's going to be going to connect viral. with people. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think we all sort of are familiar with the concept of the lost and found in theory, but then when we actually lose things in public, it's like our brains shut down. Mm-hmm. I've lost too many things in parking lots because they've been left on the top of my car. <laughs> Um, I, I'm sure that we have all uh, encountered that with um, leaving things on the top of our car. The amount of coffee cups that my father has. And not like, you know, like travel mugs, but mm-hmm. like ceramic coffee mugs. 
Okay, which been, don't travel well they don't. to begin with. No. Yeah, they don't even fit in the cup holders. They, they don't. When I was in high school um, in northern Michigan, they just closed school for the opening day of deer season. Um, and so... That sounds like a Uper song. <laughs> right? It's the, it's the second week on of the, deer camp? On the first day of deer camp. No. Um, That's not how the song goes. It's not. It's definitely not. <laughs> Um, no, but it's also not proprietary. So well done you, Thank you. <laughs> for not breaking copyright. Can't do that as a librarian. <laughs> we can't break copyright. Um, no. So it was the open, it was opening day of deer season and, um, I'm just home because there's no school and right. my mother and I get a call and it's my dad and he has hit a deer. Um, and he was holding his ceramic coffee cup in his hand when that happened. And because the, what else are you going to do with it? Right. You're yeah. just going to hold it as you're driving and you're going to drive with one hand. And um, cause you never need two hands when you're driving. Never. Especially not in November in Northern Michigan when there's snow on the roads that's packed. Yep. And yep. if you like ever use your turn signals, like yep. literally ever. No, it's super safe. Um, the only <laughs> thing that was left of said coffee cup was the handle in his hand and just glass and coffee everywhere. He was fine. The deer was not. Um, but it was used, I guess, by the gentleman whose house he crashed into the deer in front of. So it okay. turned out well. Um, not for the deer. It not didn't. for the deer. Um, <laughs> but that is a very long um, sidebar to say that, yes, I have lost multiple things off the top of my car, including beloved coffee mugs. Public service announcement. Don't don't bring uncovered coffee mugs into no. your car. No. Because the only way to keep them from spilling is to hold them. And that's bad. That is unsafe. Ten yeah. and two, people. Ten and two. Yes. Although... I've been told that it's been lowered now. Okay, it's like nine and nine and yes, three, maybe. Because of um, automatic, not automatic steering, power steering. Power, power steering. steering. There that we makes go. Sense. Yeah. Automatic steering is, I'm sure, in our Jetson future, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I think they've got some like cars now that will back you into people's cars. Yeah, that none of yeah. us have, but you know, but yeah, someday. Um, I, I had a weird affinity when I was in high school. For, I, was, I was a big thrifter in general. Mm -hmm. But whenever I found purses or personal bags that were made out of wood, oh, I got very excited about them because it's kind of a non-traditional. Yeah. Um, so I have one that kind of looks like a saddlebag that I still that's cool. have that is that um, has initials on it, RB. So I like to think that it's my Rhett Butler bag. Um, perfect because perfect. that's that's what it stands for but then i also had another one that was like panels mm. that were that were sewn together and i left that on the top of my car at one oh, point and no. then ran it over oh so cool yeah it didn't stand up very well i mean i guess like at least you didn't lose it technically you just destroyed it it was so. yeah it was brief yeah well. usually when i lose things i do it properly i lose them forever like which as we discussed this morning is why we both have tiles yep yeah so as long as the tiles work mine is yeah mine is a little bit iffy yeah no i am um, i especially like the feature where it tells you if you've left somewhere without that oh um but that only works if you actually look at your phone which you can't do in the state of michigan while you're driving a car True. or parked in a car anymore so yeah i forgot my my wallet last week and didn't know that until I got to work. And then I was like, well, I oh, hope that I don't get pulled over on the right, way home. Right. So. That's been one of my favorite things, actually, about having um, 
you know how you move multiple times when you're in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. You're, going, you're bouncing from apartment to apartment to house to house. Um, I had all of my grade school and high school yearbooks oh, in no. one specific tote. Um, and when I moved back down to Grand Rapids in roughly 2011, for the life of me, could not find it. Um, and I searched high and low. I had my parents check their house. I was certain that I had left it at one of the mm-hmm. the houses. Um, and then suddenly my dad texts me and he's like, hey, I found your yearbooks. Yeah. They, Where did you find them? Um, my parents have a very large pole barn. Okay. And so, like, at some point, um, I had put them in the pole barn for safekeeping, which, mm-hmm. you know, is very safe, assuming that... Including from yourself, apparently. Evidently, yes. Well, um, my mom kind of always jokes that we put things in safe places, that they're so safe that you cannot find them Right, again. absolutely. So, yes, I had evidently put my yearbooks in a safe place. But the day that, I f- that my dad... Like I cried. I was so happy because like that's that's your entire childhood right there. Right. And like all and your friends signed it. Yes. Like, like you can replace them. They they usually yeah. archive that stuff, but you never you never get that moment in time back, definitely. Yeah. Like I to the point where like I started looking on eBay to just try and get extra copies of mm-hmm. my high school yearbooks and did purchase I think my sophomore year um of high school in a yearbook. I have no idea who this person was that owned the yearbook before me because, like, there were some signatures in it and, like, they oh, okay. they weren't pictured in the yearbook, um, but it was, like... They just went up to strangers on the street and said, please sign my yearbook. No, I mean, like, they were they were clearly in the school for six months, maybe. Oh, like So they had okay. been a student but then left. Um, okay. But long enough to, to get a yearbook, they just... They hadn't been there for pictures and then received the yearbook and <laughs> they then were left just floating on the and wind. Okay. I st- have still to this day have no idea who this person was. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I have some random person's yearbook in addition to my yearbooks. Okay. Um, so if anyone's, you know, lost theirs and needs it. It sounds like they weren't super attached to it though. Yeah, yeah. But now I just I'm just like, what do I what do I do with this? Well you bought it. I, I know, but do I sell it again? Do I just like go to the alumni group and be like, hey, does anybody want Well what this? what was your purpose when you sat down on eBay to buy it, what was the what was the goal? Well I just wanted to have a copy um of like all four years of high school. Okay. So if I could get one of each year, I could at least be able to go back and say, okay, this wasn't mine, but this was my freshman Okay, yearbook. so this was when you had, mm-hmm. okay. When okay. I thought I had lost them all. Okay. I yeah. thought this was like shoring up for difficult times. No, like, no, no. No, I'm not that weird yes, there, of a person. There, there might be a yearbook shortage and it may become currency at some future point, And then you want to have enough yearbooks to be I mean, able to... I we, mean, we joke, but, like, someone had donated a bunch of um, of Greenville's High Life mm-hmm. uh, from the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and I, it was probably just in storage, because I think likely. there were a ton of copies of the same. Yeah, it was, like, the same, so like, it wasn't just, two. like, a person. Who no, bought, no, no. Like, it was probably the high school or something, but, yeah. or the printers. Um, those got sold at one of our friend's book sales. Mm-hmm. And people were going insane for them. Like, right. People were comments. sharing that. Like, people yes. were like, do they have this year? Do they have? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so clearly you're not the only person no. who has lost your yearbook over yeah. the years. Um, we do regularly get donations of those. And, mm-hmm. and it's rare that we end up retaining them because we, we have 
um, two to three copies of almost all of the years mm-hmm. going back to the 1910s. Yeah. So if you happen to be looking for somebody locally just to get some information about them, we do have that resource yeah. here. Come check out the yearbooks. Yeah. And some of them actually can be checked out as well. Yes, because, um, yeah, we, ha- we do have enough e- extra copies of some of them that... Um, we let them leave the building. Yes. Yeah. So if anyone is interested in at least taking a look at them, um, you can go to the reference desk at any point in time and request to see the yearbooks. You just have to uh, let us uh, retain your driver's license for the duration of the time that you're in the history room. Can we find a way to make that sound less ominous? We're going to ask to hold on to your soul while well, you're at the... Okay, I, mean... I, I think I escalated instead of the other way. <laughs> um, it's just... To be... We've had some questions about this, too. But um, the reason we do the, the, the driver's license thing is because, unfortunately, at one point in the past, we all know that there are some not as nice people out there. And we had an individual um, who went in and removed some items and then left with them. Yeah. Most of the stuff that we have in our history room is is pretty much one of a kind or at least very difficult to replace. Yeah. Um, so we, we try to be a little bit more careful about keeping track of stuff and giving people some incentive to make sure that they don't take our stuff. And yeah. A good incentive is having your personal information like that. But, but of course we don't retain that information. No. And I stuff. will say, just make sure that you, the history room, you come to pick up your driver's license. Yes, please. That, do that is the important part because we don't want to keep your license. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. So what's um, your lost thing? Um, I lost a trombone. Oh, okay. That's, an interesting um, one to misplace. Yeah. Um, so to keep the story as short as possible, mm-hmm. basically, when I moved to Colorado, I was still living with a roommate, but my roommate was out of the country mm-hmm. and they weren't going to come back until after I had moved and they were going to continue to ha- to like keep the lease on the apartment. Okay. I did my best to get all of my stuff out of that apartment. Um but I had a lot of stuff, and so sure. invariably there were gonna there was a really big closet that right. you could get lost in practically, and so I think there were some things in that closet that didn't make it with me, um, and one of them was my was my um, high school trombone, which you would be totally valid in asking why was that in a closet when you were in this apartment in your twenties because it's not like I was actively playing it. I still don't know the answer to that question. I just had it. But now I don't anymore because I lost track of that roommate and they okay. moved out. And I don't know. I don't have the faintest clue what they did with it when they moved out. Maybe they sold it. I mean, hopefully so. they, they found a new home for it that appreciates it. Not that you didn't appreciate it. But, but um, yeah. as a former band kid myself, um, I can tell you that I have not touched my clarinet Um since the day I walked off the field at graduation, like I have moved it from place to place, but it has not been put together. That's fair. I'm sure all the cork is brittle and it is not in a position to be played, but I do have it. But you could get, you could, you could, could get those. I could get it could serviced. Get and... Yeah, absolutely. So, so kids, you know, all of the going into the sixth grade kids yeah, who listen yeah. to this podcast, because I'm sure there are plenty, right? Super, um, super. If you are contemplating what you want your instrument to be in your middle and high school life, you're, you're making that big decision. What am I going to align with? Little tip, pick something that's compact, because it's just so much harder to keep track of if, a base level instrument. If the case is larger than you are, you might have some difficulty. If you sometimes need help, 
lifting it. I'm thinking of tubas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's hard to bring home a tuba to practice. It is. I feel like you would have to have a tuba at home. Yeah, you'd need a duplicate tuba, yeah. Um, but it's really easy to be first-year tuba. And they That's do a, true. they do a lot of whole notes. So if you're pulling the lazy card, tuba is the way to go. Although I will say um, our tuba player in high school was fantastic and could do a perfect rendition of Flight of the Bumblebee. Wow. On his That's tuba. Impressive. Like he was really good. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I think we ventured far enough into yes, I nonsense that, that now would be a good time to transition. <laughs> Okay, so our guest this week was probably known to a lot of people in this area for a whole variety of reasons. The reason that he came to us on this occasion was to prepare for a really exciting event that's going to be coming up at um, Montcalm Community College, the Sydney campus, something that they're doing for the very first time this year, which is a, a cool event called Tech Fest. And the person who is here today to promote it is named Steve Schofield. We were talking about agile methodology it's a different way of thinking. In software, there was um, waterfall. So it was very formal and very like the business would say, we need this widget. So the developers come in and kind of analyze it and then go off in their cubicles for 18 months and come back and say, okay, like it or not, well, they haven't had any feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, in an iterative approach where let's say, here's the features we want to build and let's go off and build. And then the customer says, you're on the right track, by the way. Here's a couple other things. Right. Then you add those features, you prioritize it, and then you have more of an iterative approach. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point, it's like, I like ice cream and cookies. So, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, let's start with cookies and maybe some sprinkles. Well, then you get sprinkles and then you put add frosting and then you add M&Ms. I like agile methodology. Coming from a very waterfall, traditional software mm-hmm. lo- development life cycle, and getting into the agile. So it's like app development on your phones. You know, it's like, let's do three features. Do people see value in it? Okay, well, then instead of coming out with 20 and it takes you long and the costs to go with it. So I like people process technology. You don't throw technology at a problem. You involve the individuals. You involve the, what, what are you trying to solve? Right. Then you decide if you have to buy technology. So maybe paper, pencil, calculator solves the problem. Becoming a really understanding who you're working with, who's your audience, what are you trying to, what's the problem you're trying to solve and be iterative about it. So, I mean, I've already been sitting here for 15 minutes talking to our guest today because it's, it's really, we're both talkers. So it's really easy for us to just sort of keep going. I am excited to have our guests with us here today because they are here to promote a really interesting, exciting, innovative event that's happening right in our backyard. I will let him to go ahead and introduce himself. Um, so if you could tell us who you are, where we would find you on an average day, and what you are up to. Uh, this is Steve Schofield. I am an adjunct professor at the MCC, and I am the co-coordinator of an event called Tech Fest, which is happening Thursday, February 8th, from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. It is held at the Sydney building, and we're having an evening. So if you're a community member, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., come get self-paced hands-on technology. Part of what I love about this, there's several things to love about it, but is that it's it's one event, technically speaking, but it's sort of a multi-part event because it's it has multiple timeframes and multiple focuses. Yeah. This idea came about leadership.com mm-hmm. is, a, in a, is a program that's been in the county for 20 plus years. The county leaders- About uh, 25, yeah. 25 years. Yeah. So the, you know, the county and, and leaders kind of said, let's build, develop this outreach 
program to enhance people's networking and whatever. And at the end of it, it says, what can you do for your county? And so over the months of, of that, I kept kind of mulling over. I mean, I don't work in the industries typically are, you know, public service or healthcare education or public, you know, social service area, which is a, a big portion of the, the audience that was in the program I was in. I come at it from a different angle, but I still like to do outreach and just something technology and education. Do something to create a vibe. Again, we're in Greenville, rural, or we're in Motcom County, not just Greenville. We're in Motcom County, but we have this uh, amazing community college. And what can I do? So I've been an adjunct teacher for this is going on my second year. I've been in technology since the mid-90s. What can we do to create a vibe? And I attended a conference and I saw some hands-on stuff. So hear lectures? No. Uh, programming? No. Uh, let's do hands-on self-paced. And then I met Amy Zadowski, who is the career advisor. She is taking leadership.com. And I was, I attended the first one and she's like, you're Steve, you're a tech guy at the college. I want to do something technology related. And really last fall, so September of, of 2023, kind of started the conversation. And I had been mentoring a student. He's very technical and we've been going back and forth. There's three seasons of life. There's learning, which is when you're younger. There's earning, which is a, a big chunk of this. And then you get to a certain point in your life. And I think all of us are kind of wired and it's returning. So learning, earning, and returning. And being able to work with a student and just help that student grow. It's like, how could I highlight his technical you know, prowess, um, if that's a word? And that one is a word. Yes. Is that a, is that a, <laughs> is that a good word? So his ability to do that. The event is self-paced, hands-on, and when possible, involving the next generation, the mm -hmm. students who are there. So um, the the event itself is open to the public. It's targeted at high schoolers or anybody that's looking at it. And the, the different stations, I don't know, I want to say half of them or part of them, are really led and created by the students. So this particular student, we have a table for cryptography. So cryptography is the concept of taking plain text and creating it so it's scrambled, so it's encrypted. And I, I challenge this student to come up with a, a, uh, an activity that someone who has no prior experience in cryptography to walk up, the student came up with, and then I'm calling his challenge there's that talent out there uh -huh. to, so to highlight that. So, you know, this, this event is not about Steve. This event is about the students. It's creating a technology awareness that MCC is, is a staple in our community. They've been around since what mid sixties. If you think about MCC, you think of rule, you think of transfer, you think of inexpensive uh, trades. Uh, you think of the nursing program uh -huh. and you don't really think of it as a tech hub. Amy has connections with the counselors, with the career advisors at the schools in Montcalm County. Mm -hmm. I said, what if we found three to five students at each of these schools that comes MCC for an event? And so, you know, we get 20, 30, 40 students. And, you know, we're between 50 and 100 is kind of what we're targeting. I think we're, okay. we're, we're kind of in that range just to create an event that mm -hmm. people can come in. So one of the stations is, ripping PCs apart legally. We've uh, partnered with a, a business in Grand Rapids who does recycling. Uh -huh. So, you know, they're, they're bringing along some, some stuff, but we're also taking some electronic stuff that the college has had and other people have had. And 
I'm a student. I might be interested or I might be, maybe I don't know I'm interested, but hey, rip that PC apart. Take it down to the motherboard. Take it down. The company we're coordinating with is, that's their business. Uh So we're going to be able to take motherboards, hard drives, NIC cards, you know, network interface card cards. Uh So NIC card. So one of the stations is we call them the uh, desktop, not destruction i guess it i was would, gonna say that would be the alliterative yeah yeah we're not like we're not like destroying it in the fact that it's deconstruction maybe deconstruction but it's in a proper way so the, the individuals coming to this are gonna like if if i wanted to do pc repair mm-hmm. you know what does a motherboard look like what does right. a what does a heat, heat sink look like so uh you know the, kind of the partner station is called soldering we've partnered with people who know how to solder not steve and we're getting into the talking about yourself with the third person. Again. We are talking about the third person. Okay. So Steve, there's me, myself, and I, and then there's this 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 entity called yes. Steve. Steve has went out and said, "Hey, there are smarter people than me that know this." So you know, those two stations kind of go together. So. Yeah, and for those who are listening, we have guests. Can we talk about the guests? Go for it. Yes. So I grew up with a, a cat named Princess. So Princess uh-huh. was 16 years old. I'm not known to be an animal person. We have cats in here. So Steph has, and this, when I walk in, there was tiger. Would you say it's a tiger? Yeah. And they're, they're, okay. So they're brothers. I have my family's two cats in my office today. When I said that this podcast was going to be our front porch, I am taking it seriously today. So, <laughs> so, so the cat, yes, the cats, um, the one that's being a little friendlier right now, his name is Muffin. Um, uh, if anybody watches Bluey, which if you have children under the age of 10, you probably have seen plenty of Bluey. Muffin is the, is the really difficult toddler character on that show. Um, and then we've got the other one who is hiding and his name is Cheeto, my seven-year-old named him. Um, yes, they're brothers. They were part of a litter that was abandoned on a roadside and a friend of ours, um, rescued them and, and like they were teeny tiny too. Um, and they, they like bottle fed them until they were ready to be adopted. And now they're just the sweetest, most friendly, most relaxed cats. I mean, most, most cats are so prickly, but. Yeah. I walked into the, the thing here and, it, you know, it kind of brought back memories, picked up the mm-hmm. cat and just was petting her. And then she was, he, right. He, he, they're both was, he, yep. was like crawling up my leg, like, you know, batting its head on my, <laughs> like your hands right here. Why don't you pet me? I'm, I need attention, so it was. They are, uh, yeah, they're not traumatized cats. They are very friendly. With um, typically, I do not have cats in my office. I will no. acknowledge that. That is not a day to day thing. Um, today was just a weird situation because we um, our house went on the market today, and so we were trying to keep our cats out of the house, and so they're just living in my office today. So um, I will I will counter that with the acknowledgement. We keep making jokes about it, but I feel like. Um, some inclusion is necessary here so people aren't confused. Um, this is the second time we've done this. We have sat down to have this conversation already or some variation of this conversation. Um, and through a, some conglomeration of technical difficulties, we ended up completely losing everything that we talked about. Um, and and I had, of course, a meltdown be- about it because it's just like I just couldn't take it in that moment. But um but the the beauty of that, I think, is that we we're not going to have the same conversation. It, that it's, conversation wasn't meant to happen, and but I also think you know you know back to the to the vibes we've mm-hmm. got a, we've got kind of a cool vibe in here. 
part of this whole journey has been, and I, and it's a, a I mean, faith is something you know, I came to Christ, or, you know, in my early thirties, but there's a story in the Bible about where there's a group of a hundred and one goes off and the, the, the shepherd will leave the ones that are safe and go after that one. There's a lot of students out there in Montcalm County and really in Beldings. They're part of the same neighborhood. So we we were up to Vesterberg. Vesterberg is a small town in Montcalm. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. in what the northeast part of Montcalm County. And uh, got a chance to go in and during their lunchtime and talk with some of their students. And I had a conversation with two or three of them. But just to have that interaction, that that students' opportunity may not that that school district itself may not offer that capability because mm-hmm. you know they really don't have the classroom size to do that. Right. But knowing that individual could then look with his career advisor to to partner with the ISD or partner with the college to offer that opportunity to expand the horizons in their own backyard. I love that because you never know what that little spark is going to turn into where I'm at as a, an adjunct professor. I'm also being able to use my experience to talk to people that may be looking for a career change. I've had multiple individuals come to me that. So if if you're listening to this and if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, and you're interested in something different, you're invited too. We had to pick a target audience. So we did ninth grade, you know, high schoolers, ninth uh-huh. grade through 12th grade. This is not exclusive to students. Is that our primary, you know, in a bell curve? It's Is that our majority? Sure. But there are other individuals that I know of that are coming to network and partner. There was some changes at the school. They continue to, to reach out into the community and say, how can we help those students who are looking for a technology, maybe a technology career, and not going to a four-year college and spending 20 grand to only realize, like, that's not what I want to do. Right. I've had people get all the way to the end of the program. I, I just There's a person who thought they wanted to be somewhere in medical. So they have six years worth of it. They've decided at the last like semester, they finished their degree. They're not going to do that. So they've got all that debt, all that. I've heard that story from a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I feel there used to be this sort of understanding when you finished your academic career and uh, for whatever reason... Either it wasn't the right path for you or you were like me and you were an English major and you were like, well, what am I supposed to do with an English major? There was sort of this understanding that your correct job, that what that what was best suited to you was going to come up to meet you, basically. And, and like you, you would just find your path sort of intrinsically and it was OK that you hadn't specifically prepared for it. I feel like that's gotten a lot more difficult for current graduates. It's it's not as there's not as much flexibility as there yeah. used to be. Especially being involved with the, the community college versus a higher education, U of M, Grand mm-hmm. Valley, Michigan State, uh, or Central or Western. I'll try to get all those in there. There's a different expectation. So a computer networking, the concept and the, t- the topics and the target audience at a community college versus at a more formal university like that, mm-hmm. it was it was completely different. So you learned a lot of theory and a lot of other things, which, you know, if I'm going to a community college and I want to get some training, I want to get a certificate, I want to stack my skill. I heard this, this saying where it's like, if you're getting skills and you're stacking them, you're you're actually adding to the your knowledge and, and really kind of what you can offer. So if, if you go to a college and get three skills and maybe go from being, you know, this particular position to maybe making 10 or 15 grand more a year, and I only have to invest in myself for 
maybe one semester or two. I went to Davenport College, so it wasn't Davenport University. It was specifically around business. I didn't have to take a lot of the gen ed stuff that sciences and humanities and other stuff. It's like, I'm going to school to be a business person. And that's why I chose Davenport. If you talk to the young 18-year-old Steve in third person, again, if you talk to my younger self. Well, tech, I mean, this is... Is this okay? I'll give you a pass on this one because it's a past you. It's, it's like a past. you got in the time machine and you're talking. Okay, okay yeah. so I went and talked to the younger Steve. I really could only see into my mid-20s. Right. And then when I hit that... And know, if even even that far, if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're my, that... When you're that young, there's it, the the scope is pretty oh, narrow. Oh, the generation before mine was dad worked at the factory, grandpa worked at the factory, maybe great grandpa, but that's what we've always did. Or I was, you know. But the amount they were making, it was a living wage back then. Yeah, like they could now. they could support a family on that, um, even with with the a spouse not working. Um, so yes, the economy has definitely changed on that. Yeah, front as the, well. The, the cost, the you know, that's when you t- take those things in play. So. Yeah. Well, on the flip side of that, though, one of the things that I have heard a lot about sort of the the Gen Z kids who are currently um, pursuing a post um, post high school career, their path is as they move forward. There are a lot of of this generation that are approaching this from a more practical standpoint. They're not graduating high school thinking about um, this sort of idyllic concept of what college is and it's not so much about what they're going to major in so much as what fraternity am I going to rush and what dorm am I going to live in and it's much more the experience of it yeah. which is which is great but that's ultimately that's not necessarily why you're there it's a very sort of old school concept of what college is supposed to accomplish that it's supposed to be this liberal arts experience which has a lot of value but if if you are a young person approaching your goals in life after high school and trying to make decisions and you expect that that it's going to lead towards practical goals you have to be able to make practical decisions in the in the short run i think a lot more kids are choosing community colleges for that very reason because it gives them a a breadth of opportunities that that are getting more and more unrealistic in four year university settings yeah i know the the state of michigan is there's a reconnect. So if you're a yep, certain age yep. and whatever, part of me, so this is the, the old man and part of me. If you had to buy it, if you had to work for it, save up for it, buy it, you appreciate it. And I and if you're handed something without that sweat equity, that's where part of me is, I like the opportunity. How do you build accountability? And I'm not against the, the reconnect thing. So I'm just saying that it's, but there's kind of the time honored thing is, you know, when I was young, I worked all summer and saved up $187, and I got a a boombox that was dual cassette, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I also had an 8-track thing that I would play Foghead on, and I would record it. But I took care of that because I worked really hard at it. And if it's just handed to you, I don't have the answer to this. But I want to make sure that, like, when students come in, they're getting all of Steve. They're getting all of me as a teacher to like, here's all my experience. Right. Here, how can I help you? Want you want the whole Steve experience. You want the whole passionate. Like, and to really get value out of it, you have to pay for it with your own money. <laughs> which, in, which in some, I want people to have that education because, you know, right. pe- students come to me and, and individuals and say, do I need a four-year degree to be in technology? And my answer is absolutely not. I said, I think depending on a certain career path, yes, but I think the technology field, depending on the area you go in, 
you can get some training, get in the field, and then kind of figure out what you want to do. I said- Well, so much changes so quickly in technology, too. By the time you're done, so much of it is already obsolete in some ways. Yeah. I said a a college degree is going to make you a better person in the longer run, so you're investing in yourself. I said, that's maybe that's the, the softer way of answering it. The hard requirement, no. It's unfortunate, and, I, and I'm seeing this in, in the industry and other places where the first hurdle you had to jump is you had to have a bachelor's degree. It could have been in crocheting, but it was a bachelor's right. degree. And I'm not cutting down people that crochet, but it, if, if I was interviewing to be something that required a skilled trade, but the, the first hurdle was a, a bachelor's degree, like, I don't care. It is nonspecific. It, it right. mostly suggests that you've... Uh, ironically in this case, put in the sweat equity that you've you've put in the effort in order to complete that degree rather than it specifically having practical application. If it's a liberal arts degree and you go out and you really expand your horizons and you set a goal and you finish the goal and, and a college degree is a commitment that says a lot about you as an individual, Mm -hmm. regardless of the, of the topic. And, And I think in, in some ways that requirement is unrealistic in some fields. And I think in technology, especially it's there, like, I'm a non-traditional technologist. My degree's in business. My previous career was I was in retail management, managing people. When I went into technology, I couldn't spell the word technology and I didn't know any of the adjectives or anything. They Mm -hmm. sat me at a desk and said, when the phone rings, make sure don't answer it. Get to the voicemail, which is a thing that people can record voicemail, right? I think people still know what voicemail is. then you would answer it, look through a bunch of books. And I did that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my wife was patient enough and supportive enough for allowing me to kind of career transition. Mm-hmm. And there was a sacrifice financially and humble pie when you went from being kind of the, the person in charge to right. nobody. Right. I've been fortunate that the opportunities have been there. And hopefully, you know, back to the tech fest, this the testimonies that come out of this in the months and years ahead, they come back and say, I came here and I ripped a PC apart or I soldered something or I did this cryptography thing or I talked to the state police and, and, you know, about technology and other things. And there's robotics. There's a lot of, you know, Uh a lot of stuff going on, but that sparked my interest uh, to pursue it more. Yeah. This is what clicked for me, which it's really nice that it's not just an opportunity to get that, that hands-on um, experience and that moment, but the fact that there is that variety of of options and opportunities, it's just a great way to bring all those concepts together. I've been able to partner with the ISD or the Career Center out next to the college, yeah. and they have a uh, digital arts. Is that the right way of saying it? I with, think so. I think it's digital. They're learning photography, podcasting, right. and and media, a digital media. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So that makes digital sense. digital media. And it sounds more it sounds more official. That it way. does. So the digital media students, which are high school, we've partnered with the, the teacher and the students to do our interviews, do our photography, do uh-huh. our video, and eventually we'll probably do a podcast after it's done. Uh-huh. But that's all students that are doing that. So to right. to give them that real world experience of I came in as a customer, so we kind of role played. I was the customer saying, I need someone to do interviews, photography, podcasting, and video. Uh-huh. I said, Is that something you are comfortable in doing or taking on as a project? But we made connection with Belding, which, which is a, a huge positive thing. Thank you, Joe, if you're listening to this. You've been very, very helpful. 
And but, I know they have a robust robotic. Yes, very, very robust. There. Yeah, so they're like, we're on board, and they're doing a, a station partner with the Career Center, and here's students that are, you know, looking at CAD or engineering, and so to, to provide opportunities for students, I think there's some indirect benefit to, yes, we're having students who are coming to get hands-on, self-paced, you know, a spark, hopefully, or a vibe, kind of like the cats here with a vibe, but a vibe there. And when they walk away, they're like, okay, am I going to come to MCC? May or may not. I don't know, but it, it starts that that conversation and they take that back to their schools. As a technology person, it would be neat to see all of them have the same kind of passion I do. I think there's a, enough of the the robotics thing and the odyssey of mind. It's neat to see students have that capability. Now, mm-hmm. their parents and the, the sponsors and the people who invest time and you know, as an extracurricular activity outside of the school or events. So we we do have a couple robotics uh, activity stations is what we're calling them. It's just someone's going to walk up and do an activity. But, uh, you know, to, to partner with those students and say, okay, what can I do next? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be very exciting. I hope so. Um, I am always happy to talk about technology. I very much enjoy talking about technology. Should we talk a little bit about you? Maybe just a little? You can talk a little. So, you know, that's the nice thing is we did we did the first one. Yeah. So now you just have to remember your answers, what you said the first time. I just have to remember. Do you remember me asking you what's a hobby you've always wanted to take up but never did? Yeah. I think we talked about we that, We talked right? about this one, and I was talking with my brother, actually, today. He called me today, um, which I haven't talked to him in a bit. There's a part of me that likes to travel. So I've, I've had the fortunate to travel, doing some international travel, and... I have a 1952 F1 truck. Yes, yes. So I have a, my first devotion book was called 52 Pickup. And I always wanted an old pickup truck. And when I wrote the book, which contains my testimony, I had the book. I had a picture of a blue, blue's my favorite color, 1952, because there's 52 devotions. But it wasn't the real truck. (laughs) That was probably 12, 13 years ago. And six years ago. I scroll on Facebook one day, 1952 blue with a white thing came up. So to combine my passion for old pickup trucks and travel globally. So like, let's just say, let's go to, to Europe and travel through Europe with the sole goal is to just network people with old trucks huh? and do that on every continent in every culture. Time doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. That would be a cool experience. So hobby would be travel and and the purpose would be to go look for old trucks. And to skip back, you you did end up buying the truck? We did, yeah. yeah. So I currently have a 1952 F1. We do a ice cream park and cruise. So we started at this, my buddy Paul, who has a, a couple nice, really old cars, uh, works for the city. He, we did a car show previous to that. And, you know, driving a car and parking and talking about it is okay, but if you can combine ice cream, a little bit of parking, you know, so people can kind of ooh and on in the community, mm-hmm. have ice cream and then go for a cruise. That's like the as best. As long as it. they've eaten the ice cream before they get yes, in the trucks. Yes, we do that. Upholstery yeah. does not work well with yeah, that. Yeah, so it's currently parked in the barn, all nice and tucked away, waiting for the salt, salt away, and, yeah. the, and the warm weather. So we are having warm weather. I call my truck blue. So old blue. That makes sense. Is 
just tucked away. Do you show it at all during the summer months? We do, you, yeah. Yeah, okay. Sheridan. I've been to Sheridan. I try to stay local again, back to my outreach roots. Uh-huh. I like to do it in the, in the area, the community I'm in. So Stanton, Sheridan, Greenville, of course. Sometimes I go to Belding. So anything okay. kind of in that area. I go to Cedar once in a while, but I pretty much stay Belding's local. nice and end in the late in the season because they do all their stuff for Labor Day, Labor yeah. Day weekend. Um so it's right as, I mean, the school has just started again, but it's sort of like the last hurrah of the season, which is nice. Um, Here's a funny story. Hopefully it'll be short. <laughs> That's up to you, my friend. I went and got my haircut. Okay. And I took a picture of the haircut and I posted on a particular public social media group that mm-hmm. has fifteen and 20,000 people local. And I, and I wanted, the idea was to bring positive experience and attention to this, my haircut mm-hmm. person. Well, I had taken the picture, posted it on my Facebook, and then I shared it to this group. Unknowingly, I shared my entire picture library to like 15,000 people. So I don't even know how that would work. I okay. didn't. So here's the funny thing is there's nothing on my Facebook that's sensitive, you know, and okay. that's whatever. My oldest son calls me from California. His friend in Missouri says, do you know your dad just shared all his pictures on this group? <laughs> Who that person was from Greenville. So my son calls me up and says, Dad, did you know you shared? So again, I'm in technology. So one would just assume, make the assumption that Steve, you should know better to do that. And I'm like, oh, big deal. So I went out, you know, I unshared it or and I took a screenshot mm-hmm. of the original picture, created a new post, and someone it, it kind of caught a little viral. So someone said, I, I kind of searched through his, you know, was there any mm-hmm. nefarious things in it? Someone post, <laughs> was there anything nefarious? The po- post says, no, it's a wholesome. They had truck pictures, some, you know, some scripture sayings, pictures of socks and sandals and feet and pretty wholesome. And th- another comment was, that's the daddest thing mm-hmm. I've ever seen. So you know, Maybe to, you could have thrown a beagle in there and it, you would have been all set. Yeah, I've been pretty transparent. So, but the the, the daddest thing I've I've ever seen <laughs> that that comment. That's forever, a compliment, right? That there. is a compliment. I will say I like to when I get the chance highlight aspects of our area and our community that wouldn't necessarily be something that you would think of as being something to appreciate about the community. When I ask that question of people, I find that. They are so immersed in their day-to-day experience that pinpointing anything specific is is really difficult. But I find that for myself, having these conversations has illuminated some aspects of my own appreciation of the area. The last time I sat down with um with Terry and Bethany from from United Way, so I lived in Colorado for about ten years, and when I lived out there, they don't have pumpkin patches out there. So in the fall, you want to go out to the pumpkin patch and pick a pumpkin. You want to go like on hay rides and stuff. Those are the fall experiences. And what this makes me think of is that the whole concept of the local car show on a weekend, that's not a thing out there. I feel like almost every community in this area, they have their annual car shows. classic car shows. And it, it's just something so, um, so comforting about that. Yeah. You know, to answer your question, the car show, the, the chamber hired Paul, and I think you've, uh-huh. you've interviewed him. And he's... He was our first interviewee, yeah. Him and his staff and, and really with his leadership has mm-hmm. really... I've grown up in Greenville. My mm-hmm. parents had a store when I was young. Mom and dad did outreach through sponsoring and 
and using the resources in the community. I'm doing um, a little advertising through the radio. Yeah, here. you can't see it right now. Um, so, so you're just going to have to guess. But, but so he's Val- wearing a sweatshirt, and he'll explain yes. it. So yeah. Valmester is the Greenville area youth. She's the rec director, mm-hmm. and I it's part of kind of the journey of getting back in shape when you're in your mid parts of your life. I did the Greenville triathlon and <laughs> I did the very first one and really came to appreciate the Greenville area from the bike trail oh, to, yeah, to, yeah. to Baldwin Lake, to the beach. And so when I did training, I mean, I, I pretty much sat on the couch for 20 years. Uh, and when and then got straight up and went and did a triathlon. Yes. So I remember, you know, there's a, one of my third devotion book is called uh, 21 Days to a New Beginning, or it's one reason, but it's the, 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 the subline is 21 Days to a New Beginning. So the, I was taking a technical class and the guy comes in and it's like, you know, January 4th or whatever. And this guy's buff and we got to talk and he goes, I take the first 21 days off. And he goes, I go back to the gym on the 22nd. And that conversation happened like almost a year prior. And then when I was talking with a friend locally here and he said, you know, they're going to be doing a triathlon. I had kind of that, like, you should do this. I'm like, really? And so for months I trained three, four hours a day. It helped me overcome my fear of swimming, but the things like the club, things Uh like the bike trail, we're five minutes away from Baldwin Lake that you can walk on a flat surface and run over and over. And I'm not a runner and I never did make the whole 5k. I've did a lot of outreach through faith-based and other things in the community. And when I did that event, it made me appreciate small town. Mm -hmm. So when I do travel to a town that's 12 million people and all of the big, I've never lived in a big city, so I can't talk it authoritatively. But when you visit, it's a shock Mm -hmm. in a way if you've never been there. So to be able to come back, I mean, I grew here. My kids are here. um, My grandkids will probably be here. My family's here, my extended family. and I've seen people that have moved away and they've come back because that family element. I appreciate all of those things in our local town. Mm-hmm. Even with doing the Tech Fest, I've been able to be aware of other communities and getting to know things in their community. And leadership.com allowed us to make those connections and, and awareness where if you're, I did outreach locally here, mm-hmm. but now it's kind of expanded. And we don't know. I mean, Montcalm Community College's reach is not just Montcalm County. It's Ionia, Macosta, mm-hmm. North Kent, uh, Nuevo to some degree. Who knows who we're going to impact through mm-hmm. this? I've heard this a few times now, and I think with good reason, that there's a lot to appreciate just in the natural beauty around us. We're able to avail ourselves that of that that much more because of the trail. Okay. That feels like a good moment to, to um, come together on. We didn't even get to AI again. It'll have to be another time. That's okay. So Steve Schofield, Tech Fest. Yes. Bottom line here. Let's let's get the last Motcom Community College, D303305, Thursday, February 8th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Communities welcome, targeted at people that are interested in technology. I think on the, the Facebook page of Montgomery Community College and you guys might, uh-huh. there is a, there is an event, I think it's Eventbrite, there's an event registration, but registration is not required. You can okay. just come in. When you drive on the Sydney campus, it's in the activities building, just park there. When you walk in, you walk by the pool, you walk by the gym and just keep going. I think there's two sets of double doors. 
you can't miss it. And I think Just they'll have everybody signage. Else. Well, thank you so much for coming in and, and chatting with me. And again, you know, thank you for being so patient after the first time when it arrived. So yeah, February 8th and come check it out. And thank you so much, Steve. Yep. Thank you. Okay. We're back with Cassie and we talked a lot about lost things, probably longer than anybody was interested in hearing about, but that's fine. That That's why there's a fast forward button. I sure. Guess. Yeah. Like, don't feel do bad. That. No, I... we won't take it. We won't know. We will never know. We will never know. It's like if you check out a book and then you don't finish it. Yes. We don't care and we yep. don't know. And you know what? Life is too short to spend on things that you don't like. So in conclusion, don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> I want to, I guess. Sure, I don't know. That wasn't the goal I was going where with. Where I was going with it. That's I feel like that, that was the inevitable conclusion. But, you know. Enjoy what you want to enjoy. I do add chapter headings for the the sections. You are welcome to just skip to the that's the person you're interested in. And there should be transcripts out there too, because if you're like me and you're not, ironically, not great with the audio stuff. Yeah, I am that one weirdo that when the serial podcast blew up a few years back, just read the whole transcript. For the second half of it, because okay. I lost my patience actually listening to it, and then the lawyer. From the like the recordings, her voice was extremely grating, so That's it was fair. just easier to. Uh, um, are you not? Is she oh, okay? If you didn't listen to Serial, that doesn't mean anything to you. But she, yeah, she had a really annoying voice. Yeah, no. we all process things differently. But we thought it'd be fun to sort of talk about some of the things we've got coming up here that we are looking forward to potentially. We've been adding a ton of adult programs in the last year or two, mm-hmm. um, especially post COVID. But we want to make sure that. Um, that our adults have something to do. Yeah. We we've got we've got a plethora of things for kids to do and that's that's not going to change. Miss Tiffany is making it happen, but um we've got we've had multiple st- staff members own the aspects of the the adult programs for a while and now um Kristen, who is our our resident crafting guru, she's been formulating all of that recently she's been and so doing amazing. She's doing so much. So if you're like if you're really enjoying the crafting stuff, you first of all you probably met Kristen. Mm-hmm. Um and second of all, you can be assured that that's going to keep coming because she will craft until the end of time. That's why she invented the craft, the monthly craft-in program that we do where you just bring the crafts. There are lots of things that um, if you are not someone who has gone to programs in the fat past and you are over the age of 18, um, you might be surprised to find that there's a lot more that we have going on that potentially might be of interest or just be a good learning experience for you. Because um, some of them are informational and some of them are just like like Library Kitchen, which is just like, let's make some food. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have a Library Kitchen coming up in February. I believe it's uh, no-bake dessert. Okay. So that means that it's cooking without cooking. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody who likes eating sugar mm-hmm. and, ma- and you know, putting things together that you can then eat because that's one of the awesome things about library kitchen is you don't just make it you eat it yeah, afterwards. That's the best part honestly anytime yeah. free food is offered at a program like just a little bit extra yeah and the way that it's set up is that they're like little groups that do do separate recipes so when everybody's done it becomes family style and you get to sample everybody's different things so you don't have to just eat what you just make. There's yeah. You get to share yeah. and um, you get to take the recipes home with you, too, to right. replicate at home if you didn't get to make one. That you- and, of course, as with all of our programs, it's totally free. It's free, but there is the caveat that you are required to pre-register for that. Yes, we are such party poopers on that I know. front. And it's mostly because we want to make sure we have enough food. Yep. But, yes, um, 
uh, when we have programs that you have to sign up for in advance, we always do it two weeks in advance. So that way people don't forget. But we also give everybody a, a good chance to hear about it and then get to be be involved. So that's on February 21st. So that one should open on February 7th, I believe. Um, what else do we have coming up that you that you think will be interesting? Um, honestly, I am pretty excited uh, on the teen side about the Super Smash Brothers tournament. Um, that we don't even get to do. I know. Like we... Like, we've tried to do, like, adult events of, like, hey, it's adult Nerf. and We have not done video games yet. We haven't done adult um, video games yet. I feel like we should. And if, yeah, if you are a gamer and you and that's what's going to get you in our door is is playing video games, please let us know. The mature games that the kids are not going to be allowed to do that, that or if you just want to play a Mario tournament, we can 100% do that, too. There's no shame I in that. I have to say that I, I am a Mario purist, like... Yes. We have so many video games, um, both here at work and then personally at my house, because my husband is a gamer and mm-hmm. my child is now. Um, I only want to play Mario. Yeah. I, I I can't I can't defend it any more than that's just what I grew It doesn't up playing. require defense. That's the it thing. Doesn't. You're right. We can we can listen to audiobooks. We can read magazines. We can play video games. Let's give ourselves space yep. to be ourselves. I mean, honestly, like there's a lot of stuff happening in the world enough. Yeah. I want to sit down after my child has gone to bed and play Mario Wonder yeah. all by myself. Yeah, so you don't have to do it. Yeah, because when I play Mario Wonder with my seven-year-old, he runs away in advance of me and, he, and it kills the partner. Yeah. Like if you get if you are no longer on the screen, mm-hmm. your guy dies. Yep. And so I have to keep yelling at him to slow down. Yep. Um, and so we get upset with each other, which is very mature of me. But that's literally what I did last night after I, I put... It's a fun game. I put them to bed, yeah. I haven't played it on my own from the beginning, so I just sat down with the cat and started playing it. I should do that, too. It was I, fun. Jonah got it for his birthday this year, and I've been trying to play it with him because it's like, hey, activities we can do together. Sure. I know Dad's the fun one, but Mom can occasionally be fun and doesn't only make you Brush go to bed tea. at a certain time. Yeah. yeah. Um, But then we we get mad at each other. That's fair. That's fair. Um, we have found thus far that the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Rise of the Shredder game, Ooh. which is very old school. It's like if you liked watch, playing the Ninja Turtle games in like the early 90s, That's if you're nice. an early millennial, um, the arcade game versions of it, it's that platform one Ooh. where the best is when you grab the um, the foot soldiers and throw them at the screen and they fly at you in 3D. It's like, it's the most satisfying thing in the okay, world. Okay, well, I definitely have to put that on my list. Because yeah. Because that sounds amazing. And they've they've kept all the most beautiful elements of it. The nostalgia is 100% there. And then, of course, we just, we just started playing Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. which is apparently pretty much the only game that I can school my seven-year-old. <laughs> I mean, at least you've got that going for you. Yeah. I mean... And it's just like, let's see how many buttons I can push. I mean, sometimes we're still fighting each other on opposite sides of the screen because you have to remember to walk towards each other. You do, yeah. One of the fun things about Smash Brothers is it has a gajillion characters mm-hmm. and a gajillion backgrounds. And Jonah doesn't find it as funny as me to like pick the ones that are like like Sims kind of ones where there's just a giant puppy walking around in the background. I find that so adorable. And he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> so do you have a specific uh, character that you play? We in- just started it, so we're still okay. building the characters. I went right 
right for Kirby when I started, though, because he's a big pink marshmallow. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, Kirby is fantastic. He just, like, spits stuff out. Like, uh-huh. it's amazing. Um, I always play as Peach. I mean, there's some there's some feminist energy there. I get that. There is. But but I also find that in, a, like, not necessarily in Smash Brothers, but um, in some of the other Marios, she is more useful than Mario. That does not surprise me. Yeah. Uh, right. She's taller. She's, She's taller. quite a bit taller. She can fly. She can somehow work around that dress. Yep. Like, they don't put I her in the skimpy. That. Yeah. They don't put her in the skimpy outfits. They put her in a big old dress mm-hmm. and she makes it work. Um. So a couple other things for actual grownups coming up. Mm-hmm. If you have always been interested in risking your personal safety and keeping bees on your property, um, I, it's probably no more dangerous than like keeping chickens be, because, I don't know, don't chickens must peck you and stuff, I and guess. And honestly, I feel like you'd have less trouble with zoning laws. Oh, um, certainly. Than, certainly. Than with chickens. Yes. Um, but if that's something that you're interested in seeing, like how it works and even if you are, you're just curious in general. Um, we've got that coming up on Thursday, February 15th. So that's going to be interesting. Um, if you, if you haven't made a will yet and you're just like, if you're a millennial and you're, you're just a like, millennial, like oh we my. are, and you okay. just sit here and think, oh yeah, no, I have, I have a child at home and yeah. I need a will. And yeah, we haven't done that either. Yeah. So. And it's not just for, I mean, not to get it's dark, but it's everyone. not, it's not just for end of life. Like there are a lot of reasons for it. Um, and it's not just for the program's not for just millenn- we no. we are both we were born like six seconds apart you mm-hmm. and I so like it's easiest for easy for us to go to that millennial place it's for anybody who wants to to ask questions about what that looks like yeah. from somebody who knows what they're talking about we're doing family puzzles towards the end yeah. so if you want to do a puzzle competition with your with your kids bring them on in I will say our puzzlers have been um, just attacking the puzzles because yes. they're prepping for it. Um, oh my! Okay, they're training for the puzzle. Company. I love it. I love it. Um, so, like, I I put a puzzle out, and within two hours, it was done. Yes. Um, we have some hardcore puzzlers. We that come do. In we have we, daily puzzlers. Yeah. So, if you are not familiar, we do have one corner, one table in the adult nonfiction area that at any time always has an adult level puzzle yeah. out. So, for anybody to to contribute to. Um, and yes, we have some hardcore puzzlers who um, who spend a fair amount of time here and who really focus on it. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I know for sure that we've got a few that that is, that is their daily outing. Um, and it's fun to see how quickly they, they finish things or if yeah. they have difficulty on it. Um, I just put one out yesterday, so I'll be curious to see uh, how it's doing by the time I leave here. So, And my favorite thing about it is the fact that um, much like for parents who don't want slime being made in their house because it's a mess. If you don't have space in your house to do a big giant puzzle, you can just come in, contribute to this one. It's it's that satisfying sort of like soothing activity, but then you you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to box it up it's afterwards. No commitment. Yeah. No commitment. So um so yeah, in conclusion, we've got lots of stuff going on. Um but if none of that sounds of interest to you and you've perused our calendar and you're like you all still aren't hitting the mark for me. Um, we always really like getting suggestions as to what kind of program that you would like to to have us do. We've tried a little bit of family programs or a family program where we gave the adults something fun to do and then kept their sort of elementary age kids occupied with fun that stuff fun in, a, in a different space. Um, the trickiest thing is trying to figure out what the adults really want to do. 
Our first go round was um, Dungeons and Dragons, which there's always a cross section of people who find that fun. Um, But if you would like to see some version of that and you think some other activity would be fun for adults to do, come up with that and you've got that age kids, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to we'd love to replicate it and and have another fun activity. If trivia is your thing, um, if Nerf is your thing, we've done laser tag before. We can do that. Um, if you want to do something very grown up and sophisticated, we can try that too. That's not our natural inclination. It's but, really not. But, but I mean, we can try and be adults. Yeah. Yeah. So so let us know what what's going to be of interest to you. And there are multiple ways that you can suggest that, whether that's emailing us or coming up to a desk and saying, hey, I'd love to do this program or whatever. Just let us know. You could comment on Facebook even. Yep. And we've got we've actually the most relevant one you left off your list, which is that we have specifically a program suggestion survey. We do. On our website. So yep. if you if you go check that out, I think it's still probably in our it's in the carousel crawl. Um, on the front page. We thrive on constructive criticism. We love it. Um, and on that note, um, please be safe out there. We're not even to Groundhog Day yet. So there is there is no end of winter quite in sight. <laughs> so let's continue to be careful. Um, and hopefully we can continue to keep you occupied during these months where you don't want to go outside and you need something to do. So so thank you for listening. And thank you, Cassie, for, for participating. Anytime. All right. Take care. Take care.